sitting in a room talking about things. A very loose sense of the truth, liberal. With Bourgeois and Maurice. Hi. Good evening, afternoon. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Maurice Maurice. Thank you very much, Georges Bourgeois. Where are we today? Well, uh, we are coming at you today from the bath. Ah, oh, it's nice to be clean. It is good to be clean. Don't drown. Don't do anything silly in this water. No. Please don't wee. That's one thing ah. I ask as we're recording this podcast. Please don't go to the well, toilet. Well, you should have said that earlier. Oh, for God's sake. Too late, mate. Done. Oh. It's just so relaxing, you know. You just want to just, yeah. Let you wanna, go. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I don't have any barriers. So as we're sitting here in our own place, we're going to talk to you about the current affairs. That's you, the listener at home. Oh, you, yeah. You, inside this microphone. Is that where they are? I don't know. Where are they? It's a weird thing, isn't it? Who are we talking to? I don't know. <laughs> we're just point? stuck in this bath. Talking to why are we doing this? We've got an inflated ego. Yay! Okay, let's get on with the show. Here is the first thing we're gonna discuss. First up, um, should we start with some sad news? Let's start with some sad news because then we can only go up. Yeah. Um, uh, Paul Daniels. Oh, Paul Daniels. He's died. He has died. Just sad. Yeah, it is very, very sad. He's gone out to that big variety show in the sky. Oh, yeah, they've got right cast now, haven't they? Oh, they really have, yeah. <laughs> God, that's the best show in town. God, Bowie and Paul Daniels in the same variety performance. Bloody hell. I'm off soon. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. going to go and catch that one. Much better. Um, it's very sad about Paul Daniels because, you know, I definitely think that he's partly responsible for um, my life. Oh, for your... The whole creation of your life? The creation of my life. Oh, are you a magic trick? <laughs> I am indeed. I'm that little sponge ball that could... I don't know if you had this one. Did you ever have oh. the Paul Daniels magic trick? I think I did, yeah. So there was Everything one that was like a sponge ball and it could suddenly appear out of your hand because it was obviously oh. sponge. And there was another one which was like a weird sort of weird egg cup with a ball in the oh, top. Yeah, and you could put a thing on top and then you could take it off and it would be disappeared. Do you remember that? It would be disappeared. It would be disappeared. Um, so you are that, you were birthed out of that sponge ball. That, that exact sponge ball. Well, that's nice. Yes, it he is. He gave you life and he can take it away again. <laughs> he can. He, happily, he can yeah. take my life away. Well, I've based myself very much on um, Debbie McGee. I noticed that. Yeah. Throughout my career. Yeah. Um, so I feel lost with her empathy. She's on her own now. Yeah. Because she can't function alone, because she's a woman. That is true, yes. yes. She, was, she has to be a decorative side piece, exactly. much like yourself. Much like yourself, I don't have any other function. <laughs> no. no. Oh, but no, that is sad. He was 77, apparently. It's quite young, isn't it? Is it? Well, I don't know, it doesn't seem... What's, like... what's young and what's old? I don't know. It doesn't seem long enough for, to me. If, I he, if 77 is young, I'm really, really young, which is good. Yeah. But if 77 is old and I'm not that young. Yeah, if 60 is middle age, and if 60 is sort of okay, yeah. then I'm definitely middle aged, which isn't okay with me. No. If 77 is, you're looking at a bit of a spring chicken, then yeah, like we're prepubescent. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that I get to about 180. I think you will. Thank you. Because of your pills that you take. Yeah. And your cryogenic freezing that you do. 
I do it every week yeah. without fail. So you've actually only been alive for three weeks. Exactly. Because you freeze yourself. <laughs> every every week of a month, freeze yourself. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't take too long to thaw out, and you, you exactly what you're saying is I've saved myself a yeah. lot of spare extra time. That's why we've been so inconsistent with the schedule of this podcast because you're con- I, you know you're freezing constantly. Sorry, yeah, I should say that I, sometimes my schedule is a bit around all over the place because you have to it's hard to book into the cryogenic freezer. So we are victim to that. Yeah, there's a lot of other people here. Jennifer Aniston, she's in it. She's it she's I, actually think she does it too much. Do you? She's starting to get that weird frozen skin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you go in there and you see her. It's, it's like when you go to the sexual health clinic and you see the same people and you think, ah, ah okay, someone's gone. Someone's <laughs> gone too far, haven't they? And with Jennifer, I go there a lot and I see her every single time. Ah. And sometimes you have to knock on the window and say, Jennifer, Jennifer, wake up now. Jennifer, you've been in here for four weeks now. It's too long. It's time to. And that's why you don't see her in the headlines that much anymore because she's always frozen. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a shame for her. It is. Anyway. Oh, is it? I don't know. Maybe it's not a shame for her. Well, she'll be the one laughing when she lives in her 300s. (laughs) Another headline. Ah, okay. Budget. Budget. I hate that word. I hate that word. (laughs) I hate it. It represents and everything it means. Um, you need to budget for that. Oh, God. You plan ahead with your finances. Does George Osborne just sit in a room with a spreadsheet, a Google Doc spreadsheet and all the no other... Why? He sits in a, like, palace, drink, drinking champagne and eating caviar and some little intern is in a basement with a spreadsheet. He doesn't do anything. Look at his face. Do you think he does any work? doesn't do any work. Oh, he's, he, he's like a child, oh, man. Look at that weird face. And that stupid oh. briefcase. He doesn't that do a horrible bit of work. And that awful hair. I'm sorry, but we've... And let's call him by his proper name, Gideon. Yeah. Um, Gideon Osborne. What's happening with the budget then? So what does it mean for me? Um, you're going to spend a little bit more on, on Coke. Um, the drink, I mean. I'm going to spend more on Coke, the drink. Okay. Uh, I don't really drink Coke. Oh, that's fine then. You'll be right. Um, okay. And I heard somewhere that he was essentially sort of giving free money to people who are under 40 in this whole kind of ISA scheme thing. What? I well, heard about that. Yeah, well, it's basically that uh, something... I don't know what I'm talking about, so don't, you know, trust Let's anything. just go with it. Let's go with it. It's something about the ISA uh, limits are being changed for under 40. It's basically they're trying to encourage saving for people who are under 40, so they're essentially giving you free money by extending right. the amount of tax-free allowance you get. Oh, okay. Um, but God, kind of does work on the basis that you actually have money to save in the first place, which I yeah. think is perhaps the first mistake of this government's thinking, that they, yeah. they actually seem to think that we do. Well, one of the things that they, they do do is that they don't think about people who don't have much money. So that's never really, a, from what I understand, a concept that comes into any of the thinking. So, yeah, they are, if you've got some money, you could save it. It's, it's called having um, surplus income. And I think that that's something that they talk about a lot. Um, but it's not something I've ever experienced. Surplus income, no, does no. not compute. No. Um, the other thing that they're doing, which is interesting, I don't know why this is announced in the budget, because I thought budget was just about, you know, what you're gonna do with your money. But apparently, they're basically ending the concept of education. Oh, thank God for that. I know. 
they're, they're going to make all schools turn into academy schools because there's been no proven track record that academy schools work. But what it does do is take responsibility off, well, them, and also off local authority. Right. So I don't know who's then in charge. I think it's just like one person per school. And then there is no national curriculum and no like scale for teachers' pay. Okay. So what's interesting about that is that I th- I'm pretty sure... Now, call me a cynic. You please do. You're a cynic. But I often thought that education was one of the key components of bringing people out of poverty and giving them the tools in which to question the authority that oppresses them. Yeah, but why would you do that if you are the yeah. authority? That yeah, exactly. doesn't make any sense. Them? Yeah. But like you can see from their thinking, they go, they're like, okay, guys, we've got to spend a lot of money on educating people who could then potentially come along and realise realize that we are a bit of a sham and try and rearrange us and perhaps, you know, tear down the very infrastructure in which we exist. Mm why don't we not bother educating them? Yeah. And then they won't do that. Yeah. It's a great idea. And if we, we know we have to be seen to educate, so why not just turn it into a bit of a business and we can make some money while we're at it? Uh, do you know what? When I was at um, primary school, yeah. uh, we had this thing called Business Day. Did and you? Yeah, we did. And oh, you can see that's really paid off. It's really paid <laughs> off for me. And you'd get given, I can't remember, it's like five pounds or something. And you had to go and turn that five pounds into more money. Oh. I know. No, this is something they actually did to us at school. So they would do this, and they and they would like. Um, so some people would like go buy ingredients and make cakes, and then sell cakes for more money, okay. and stuff like that. Um, I definitely lost money. <laughs> I can't remember what I did, but I definitely remember did I didn't make up and put it on your face and dance around. I think I probably did. <laughs> and nobody paid you any money. I'm gonna use this five pounds to pay myself for 15 minutes of my time <laughs> to write a comedy song and I'm performing to my school and no one bought them for show. Can you believe it? Bastards. Um, but so I understand that you know the kids do need to be taught about business. So it's good that their schools get turned into essentially um, little business factories. Little business factories turn them into little business workers. Well, also I was read that they're thinking of I think maths is currently compulsory till you're about eighteen or something. Eighteen. I feel like it said that somewhere. And then they're thinking of changing it. Which... But that means you have to do it as an A level. That doesn't make sense, does it? No. So I was thinking, oh, it would actually be good for people to learn maths. I wish I'd learned maths. Because although it seems very boring, I mean, it wasn't it to me, I loved it, um, it does equip you, again, to be able to so- perhaps break down the budget that's being presented to you and go, oh, hang on a minute, I can do maths, and that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, so... Well, I, I, I mean, I do think that maths should be eradicated from the human existence. I loathe it. But that's because I have a pathological fear of numbers. Because it was that was what they taught you to be scared of it. Yeah, well, I don't know if they actually taught me to be scared they did. of it, did they? I mean, I think there are other people that were good at it, but I Mass fear. I loathe numbers. Numbers to me are worse than like racist, misogynist bastards. Are they? Yes, I would prefer to go for dinner with some of those people than with a bunch <laughs> of numbers. I like numbers. Oh, I like number one. Do you? Which is your fa- which is your favourite number of all time? If we had to get rid of all the other numbers, I, I, I well, I'm going to push it. Actually, I'm going to say zero. Wow. Which some might argue is not a number. Like white isn't a colour. Yeah. Black isn't a colour. Yeah. Is zero a number? I don't know. What's your favourite number? My favourite number uh, is ooh, big question. My favourite number is twelve. 
Is it? Yes. It's, yeah, it's a nice one, actually. I can see the appeal of 12. The 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. 12 um, signs of the zodiac. 12 signs of the zodiac. 12 months of the year. 12 months of the year. Um, 12 before you turn a teenager. 12 before you turn a teenager. 12 little bastards sitting in a row who's going to hit them me. Okay, Did you ever do that one? No. I made it up just then. That's because you're... That's going into our new show. So... Hit watch song. Out. Watch out, everyone. Watch out the internet because there's a new viral song coming at you. It's called 12 Little Bastards. Um, and it's mainly just a short um, spoken word piece. It's a sort of update. Have you ever seen that movie 12 Angry Men? Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Twelve people in a jewellery. Yeah, jewellery. Twelve, <laughs> twelve people in a jewellery set. Jewellery set from Elizabeth Duke, I guess. Uh, yeah. Oh, twelve's great. Well done. You picked. Thank one, you. Yeah. Okay, some big news I've got on the one show sofa. Yeah. Um, I think maybe yesterday. Um, Alex Jones and Matt Baker switch places. Oh my god, I don't know who either of those people are. Well, it's quite major news. It's it's in the Guardian. Freaking hell! Yeah. Alex Jones. Oh yeah, I recognise him. He used to be on Blue Peter. He's called Matt Baker. Okay. She's called Alex Jones. Okay. Um, she's Welsh and he's from Newcastle. Okay. Okay. That's good. It's good to have that representation. So apparently, it's to do with sexism. Um, and they used to sit the other way around. Okay. And then something happened on BBC Sofa on The Breakfast. Yes. And then everyone said, ah, oh, the way that you're sitting is really sexist. So then these guys switched it round. So why is it sexist? Because, is it because the, the eye? No, so like she it. is now sitting on the left of him. Yeah. So does that mean that we read things from left to right? So we see, we read her first. Why, otherwise, why is it sexist? Exactly, I don't... I think and also... I just think that maybe in the sexism row, this might be slightly derailing some slight, perhaps more important issues. No, I don't think so. I think women should always be on the left of men. That is the problem here. That is the problem. That's what's been patriarchy. I don't give a shit about pay, uh, pay, salary parity, and all that kind of shit. Put women. Women should always, always be able to stand on the left of a man. But if it is to do with reading it, then I think it's problematic because if you were to, for example, you know, perhaps you read Arabic or Cantonese as your first language or something, you wouldn't be reading left to right. So therefore, you're not the first. And if you're like Chinese, it's up and down. So there you go. So, so she should be on top of him, really. Essentially, sitting on his head. She should sit on the Chinese his... audiences. She should, she should just sit on his shoulders, and then you'll see her first, and then you'll see him. And you're oppressed underneath her, which is what feminism is about. What's her name again? Alex Jones. Alex Jones, if you're listening, call us. We have some ideas. Um, I just had the thought of something, and I've already forgotten it. Oh, it was that um, I used to have a boyfriend some years ago who was um, only had one ear. This is true, and I'm not joking. Okay. So I had to always stand on his left-hand side because if I stood on his right, he couldn't hear me. Really? Is that true? That's true. So I don't know if he was doing that as a result of patriarchy or as a result of a very sad defect he had. Well, no, I suppose in a way he was being... No, because I was was on his left, which means people were looking at me. Oh, you were on on his right. right. So he was always keeping you in that oppressive right-hand position. Damn him! He probably... Probably faked that ear. Probably was fine. Gaffer taped it, and you just were too young to realise. Has he got an ear there? Oh, I can't see an ear. What's that tape? Oh, he must not have one. I better go and stand on the other side. So he can hear me. Yeah. Press me at the same time. What was his name? I'm not going to say that. Okay. We'll call him Pubert. Yes. 
Shall we go to the next section of our show? Yeah, well, it's a new section. It's a new section. Um, we've invited one of the world's most hateful people in. Oh, hooray! Did you just spurt a bit of vitriol? Is it Sarah Palin? No. Is it Donald Trump? It's worse. Oh my God, worse than them? Who is it? It's Max Allen. Max Allen hates you. Okay, hi. Hi. So um, we've got a special guest time here now. Yeah, it's a new section. It's called Max Allen Hates You, hence the jingle. Yes. Um, so Max, thanks for joining us today in the coffin. How are you? I'm great. It's nice to be here. It's nice to share a bit of hate with everyone. So who are you hating at the moment? Well, it's not a personal thing. It's, it's bad house party etiquette. Okay. So it came from last weekend. I was at a lovely, lovely party of, of grown-ups and... There's a time and a place for everything, but when, when, when there's a young boy overdosing in GHB in a corner, when there's some people in a fancy dress, a nice house party, yeah. and you have to then look after them to, and call an ambulance almost to make sure they're alive oh, again, no. whilst they're firming at the mouth, then when they got ready again, they get up again and have another bump of GHB. Oh. That's a little bit distasteful, <laughs> especially when <laughs> It's all nice and lovely, and we're all talking about you know art and ourselves, and then they're wandering around in a jockstrap, thinking it's thinking it's a chem sesh. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit, it's a little bit. Not, and there's, there's a time and a place for everything, but it's a little bit awkward when they're sort of rubbing against the sofa right. whilst you're sort of talking about yourself. It's sort of know your audience. Know your audience exactly. There's other things I hate when people, you know, you find a packet of cigarettes at a house party. Yeah. They're our free game, but if you then pocket them, that's then stealing, I think. Ah, okay. So there's little things like this, are like, so I will find a packet of cigarettes and, and I will smoke them, but I feel like they're offered if they're there. <laughs> then if I take that away, or if I purposely hide them, this now becomes theft. I see. Same as like alcohol, like if there's a bottle there, if you then hide that, right. yeah. then it becomes, yeah, it's about sharing, I think. This happened to me after a pub. We went to a pub, went to someone's house, and some boys had come. They were lovely, and they, but they, I'd sort of noticed that they'd hidden their alcohol. And it, uh. So cut to me having to sit these boys down and give them a lecture <laughs> <laughs> on what is tasteful and what isn't tasteful in this thing, which obviously sort of killed the vibe when they left. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. But they were like sort of sneaking away and taking a line in the bathroom. I was like, well, take it there. I'm not going to steal it from you. Share and share alike. If you want to, if you yeah. want to drink a bottle of wine, smoke a cigarette, sit on your own, sit in the corner. <laughs> yeah, go hey, home, go do it. Social attitude. Well, I mean, you've kind of given them a favour in some respects there by just teaching them a life lesson. Well, no, exactly. You're a Samaritan. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. I do, I do think that I'm there to um, impart my years of knowledge onto people. Yeah. <laughs> Whether they want it or not. You've been yeah. to a lot of parties <laughs> and you've learned a lot. I and mean, it's only right that you pass that knowledge on. But sometimes I feel like maybe I go to parties just to give that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've started doing it because I weren't working the doors at venues. I turned up to a venue that I wasn't working the door at and it was quite unruly and I started trying to explain to the people that being unruly that you, you have to follow the line and then I realised I looked like a fucking asshole I was telling all these club kids they were fabulous and fun but drinking outside smoking their weed outside and you can do this but you've got to be clever about it Right. and I ended up realising I wasn't working I just turned up to a party <laughs> just to uh, not even lend a hand just to sort of stand outside and tell people give people lecture. some order lecture yes you know, we can all like take drugs on a dance floor. You just got to do it chicly. We can all have a cigarette secretly behind a DJ booth. But when you become like, there's a skill at these things. I think there's an art form to being rebellious and hedonistic that is, is being lost in their younger generations. 
yeah, if you want to like overdose on GHB and rub yourself in the chocolate, there are times and places to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm up for that, I will do that. But when you're at someone in their 40s house party and then someone's dressed in like fancy dress and there's some fabulous artist there, it's not the time nor the place. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> what else? Any other, any other hatred? Uh, I think I'll save that for the next show, maybe. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. That's been a great issue of Max Allen Hates You. Time for the bedtime headline with It's time for the bedtime headline. The bedtime headline. This is the section of the show in which we speak in very hushed voices. And then forget about it and get higher pitched in about... 10 to 15 seconds. As the subject matter gets us more excited, we uh, lose all sense of what we set out to do. Exactly. So, so today's bedtime headline is good, actually. It's, it's some good news. Good After news. this bloody mess of chaos and depression that we've just talked about, it's finally some redemptive story. Poppers are not banned. I repeat, Poppers are not a banned substance, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. God, hallelujah. So can you tell me the process or reasoning behind what's this major news? I can, Maurice, 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 I can. Um, Essentially what's happened is that um, uh, Parliament passed a bill called the Psychoactive Substance Ban. Is that what thing. it was called? I don't, know what, I, I, I don't know what it was called. But it sounds it about sound, right. something about psychoactive substances. Okay. And what that meant was that sort of uh, legal highs could be banned within We're no it. longer legal. No longer legal. Um, and so within that, it was thought that poppers would fall into this category mm-hmm. because they are legal high. Girlfriend, yeah. However, it's been decided by someone else, like the the other advisory body, I don't really know, just to bear in mind, just a disclaimer, neither of us know what we're talking about on this yeah. show, so just remember that. And we did also, get, we did get uh, spoken to last week about, have you, ever, have you done any legals for this show? Um, so we're just going to say this now, but we don't know what we're talking about with anything, and that's that. Everything on this show is a lie. Or oh, is it? it? Um, anyway, going back to it, um, they have decided that actually poppers do not constitute a psychoactive substance because the uh, rush of high that you yeah. feel is so short yeah. and it doesn't, and it's not hallucinogenic. No, so it's just, um, very, very it's just funny. wonderful. It's a very, very funny moment. So apparently it's no longer banned, which is really annoying to be honest because I genuinely bulk ordered 10 bottles of poppers. Did you? <laughs> So now I have fucking loads of poppers in my house. Well, that will learn you for planning ahead. I've told you this Never before. do it! Never plan ahead. Jesus. change. They do. You wouldn't have thought it with government drug legislation, perhaps, but that... Now, I've been noticing recently, I've been cycling more. On poppers? Not on poppers, but as I've been cycling, I see so many um, balloon canisters oh, yes. all over. Like, more than I've ever seen. So I wonder if people are also like trying to get as much in mm. as possible before they get back. I wonder if they'll... Well, they because they're very short. It's a short. popper as well, just a big popper. A big, full-on, intense... I did a balloon uh, once where I, the whole world, like everything mm. in my vision, suddenly cracked like an eggshell. Oh my it was really weird. See, that does sound slightly more psychoactive. Yeah, that definitely, <laughs> I definitely I, didn't feel... A friend of mine, who I shan't name, uh, did do a balloon when I was sitting next to them at, I believe it was Festival Festival. Yeah. You and have friends, by the way. Ago, 
Well, I, get, I use that term because people understand it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, and he went blue and passed out and fell back and started having some sort of fit. Oh, fun. So, only lasted, I'd say, 12 seconds. Right. Um, and then he woke up again and I didn't enjoy that moment and I thought, you know what, balloons aren't for me. Yeah, okay, well it's nice to know your own limits, yeah. isn't it? That wasn't me that happened to, but... Um, in a way, you're sort of like, uh, like in a Tudor court where they would get other people to test it and yes, exactly. see how it, see how they fare exactly. before they decide whether they can do it. Can you set this heroin and, oh, no, it's ruined your life, I'll, I'll be fine, thanks. Okay, yeah, <laughs> all right, that's good. Because um, also drugs have been in the news with um, that Russian tennis player as well, haven't they? Marie, Maria Sharapova. I don't know. I, whenever I see headlines that have the word sport above them, I do tend to okay. blank out. So tell me what happened there. She was taking some pills for something. And then some part of element of that pill was then banned in January this year. So then she carried on taking them and then she was tested positive. She says, I didn't realise, we get letters all the time about bad things. And this was just a pill and it's a different name, which is perhaps, I'm not going to say she's wrong. A pill by any other name. But I would just say she's one of, I think she's the highest paid tennis player, female tennis player in the world. So she probably has quite a big team around her who probably would read their emails about what's been banned and say, oh, um, Maria, we noticed you're taking some pills. What's in them? You'd hope so, but she might she be... She could just be... A, she's blonde. And she, she, oh, she's not going to know better. She's not going to know. She doesn't know what she's doing. So there we go. She's just popping anything that comes her way. Like, oh, I'll tell you, so that's nice. So um, that's what's happened. But So she's lost lots of sponsorship. Oh, no. I know. Poor her. Um, but there we go. Well, I think that's the end of today's podcast then, is that's, it? Yeah, the ending of sponsorship will end the show. Thank you, and we would like to say thank you to our sponsors. Um, Greg's. Bakery. Um, and of course, who can forget, uh, Reiner. <laughs> and Max Allen. Thank you to Max Allen. Uh, your corporate support is forever Oh, Blue Tack, that's another sponsor. Blue, oh God, we almost forgot Can't. to say thank you to Blue Tack. Don't forget Blue Tack. Um, thanks very much. Goodbye. Clip or Two little freaks sitting in a room talking about things. A very loose sense of the truth. Clip or With Bourgeois and Maurice.